0: The autumn wind is a pirate.
1: Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Well, we got beat by the Chiefs 31 13. Yawn fest, for sure. Another game the Raiders, well, they could have, should have, would have. We're going to talk about that and the future. That's funny. Here on show 427. Before I get into the meat of the show, i got to hit on a few things. One thing is we're not going to be having a show here after the Bills game. Uh, There's going to be a vacation thing going on. It's Christmas, and quite honestly, uh, we're just not going to do it. We're not going to be around. So no show then, just so you know. (laughs) So let's do this show. Okay, what's on it? There's no pregame, there's no postgame. What there is, is a discussion on what the hell we're going to do, because that seems to be coming like a freight train down the tunnel, so let's hit on that, shall we? Well, before we get into the meat of my discussion on the future of the Oakland Raiders, there's two things this season that have bugged me the most, I think, of any season ever. Number one being the Zebras. Those yellow flags have destroyed games. I mean, like 25, 21 flags in a game. One game this year was extended by 45 plus minutes due to penalties only now i know there's a lot of calls that aren't called but that's 45 minutes fans have to sit and not watch football think about it that is a travesty the refs are out of freaking control and they're you know it's just going to ruin the nfl that's all i'm going to say about that number two (laughs) and i know you hear me on this Johnny Football Manziel. How many of you are freaking sick of hearing about Johnny Football?
2: A horrendous decision maker. Um, is he accurate? <laughs> Does he understand pass protection and blitzes and where he must go with the football? Can you throw it into voids and throw with anticipation? All of these things I've just described. Scale from 1 to 10, he would be a 1, a 0 to a 1 on all those categories. I find him to be reckless as a player, and that is very disturbing when you transition to the National Football League. When you're running around and you have no business running, the ball should have come out, you okay. You win Heisman Trophies in college for doing that. In National Football League, you do that, you're going to come back to the huddle. And I got five grown men blocking for me, and you are making me look, I'm giving up sacks. I'm not going to like that, son. The next time you do that, they're not going to bust you in half. I'll bust you in half. You cannot play with poor structure like that and survive and win any respect with your team. Now, I have not seen a game where he shows any sign of those qualities being able to transition to the National Football League. We talked about expectations. His skill set will never withstand the enormous pressure that's going to be required from... People are talking the first pick overall or a top 10 to build a franchise, a team around with his poor skill set. It will crumble. It will crush him just the expectations based on the poor skill set he has. So you are going bust. Uh, If he's a first round, shoot, even like really a top three rounds. He's a a, a fifth or sixth round grade. If you have a compensatory pick, grab him there. Are you saying that Johnny Manziel may not even be worth a pick in the first three rounds? Oh, I wouldn't. There's, there, the, the project is so massive. There are so many so, major flaws. So what are your thoughts about people who believe he should be the first overall pick well, in the draft? listen, you know, obviously it's not a perfect science, but I think people who were taking him in the first round, if talking, like, you first did, overall, first if first you took him first overall, I would think that staff would be gone in two years, and whoever made that pick would be gone in two years. You don't make that pick based on the other players that are available to you. You make that pick, we got a question, you're evaluating players and their transition and their ability to transition
3: to the National Football League very highly. Merrill Hodge, with all due respect, you have never ever been more wrong in your assessment of a football player than you just were about Johnny Manziel. Not only Will Houston forever regret if they don't take Johnny with the first overall pick? But he, he won't be a bust. He's going to be a franchise player. He's going to be a star. He will make pro bowls. We, we cannot be more diametrically opposed here. And as opposed to Khalil Mack, I watched every play that Johnny played on television, not coaches' breakdown tape. I watched every play starting with the Florida game in what was his red shirt freshman year, his first start in college football, and as you well know, he did play in the Southeastern Conference as opposed to playing at the University of Buffalo, and in his first year as a starter, when everybody doubted him, and, and a lot of schools would not recruit him, especially the school that he wanted to go to his whole life, the University of Texas, Chip Kelly did recruit him to go to Oregon, and he committed there and then decided, well, if a and will take me, I'll stay home. Nobody even thought he would start at a and but he did win the job. And as a redshirt freshman, in two fewer games than Cam Newton did it, he broke Cam's single-season total offense record. This is a rare playmaker with rare football skills, rare quickness, rare vision, rare playmaking creativity I have never, ever seen before in a football player. Now, he's going to shatter the mold, but he shattered it In the eyes of a lot of people, I respect. We can go to the top. We can go to Saban, who called him as great a competitor as I have ever faced in 40 years of coaching. That's Coach Saban. We can go to a guy I called last year. This is over a year ago, Cliff Kingsbury. Do you know Cliff or have you You crossed his path? Cliff played some pro football. He was Johnny's quarterback coach as a freshman, now the head coach at Texas Tech. When When I asked Cliff... Will these skills translate to pro football? He chuckled for about a minute at me on the phone, chuckled. He said, Skip, he's going to be a star at the next level. This is Cliff Kingsbury, and I'm going to take him to the bank. Nine National Football League teams that needed a quarterback last night passed on Johnny Manziel, starting with the Houston Texans, who will forever regret passing on Johnny Manziel.
0: Johnny Manziel, welcome to the FFCA. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I've been waiting for you, man. Listen, I know a lot of nicknames. You know the beast in Seattle, Marshawn Lynch, the sheriff, right? Peyton Manning, I nicknamed him the sheriff. You know, the master of disaster, Ray Lewis, the minister of defense, Reggie White. But you got the name I want. At Johnny Football. I want that name, Johnny Football. We can share it. Brian
4: Van Fleet, who's your guy? Is it Johnny Manziel or is it Brian Hoyer? You coach the Cleveland
5: Browns. Pick one right now. I'm picking Manziel. I, I like. I hate to be the guy who's kind of side with everyone else, but just the whole, you don't bring in a guy like Manziel and say we're going to sit him down and. We're going to let him learn the offense and learn the NFL.
0: Browns quarterback Johnny Manziel was allegedly involved in a fight early Saturday morning, according to a Cleveland Police uh, Department report. But the facts are fuzzy with the alleged victim, who described himself as a big fan of the brands of Manziel, claiming he was assaulted by the quarterback's entourage in the same building where Manziel lives. Now, the incident occurred around 2.30 in the morning. Manziel himself alerted General Manager Ray of the situation before he made the trip to atlanta i should add that the cleveland Plain dealer has just reported that the alleged victim has at least five misdemeanors involving disorderly conduct and alcohol and assaults so this thing still has a little bit left of life, life one of the key
4: facts to point out is that Johnny Manziel was not listed in the police report as a suspect. However, again, as Ray Farmer alluded to, it calls into question the time he was out and the time that the alleged incident occurred at 2.36 in the morning on Saturday, the day the Browns were scheduled to leave for Atlanta for a game against the Falcons. And this is brings back all the questions of all the digging that teams did last spring before the NFL draft about whether or not Johnny football would become Johnny distraction. That becomes one of the troubling, disappointing elements here, More.
5: What else is there to say about Johnny
6: Manziel, really? Are you ready for him to just actually play a game? Can we talk about that? Johnny Manziel! What's your take? I'm a 20-year-old kid. What really happened? I uh, made my mistakes. Did he sign autographs for money? Can the NCAA prove it? Is he a remarkable moron or just unlucky? Is he
7: lying? Here's a more meta question Do we care? Not should we care or do we need to pretend to care?
2: Takes off running But really, do we care? Do you care? Be honest.
1: Johnny Football took a crap. Johnny Football scratched his balls. Johnny Football has a girlfriend. Johnny Football every time he farted, wiped his ass, walked down the street was in the mainstream media and he's a punk. That money sign which incidentally was flashed to him the entire game he played in for the Browns this last game. The Bengals I think flashed him the money sign as they sacked him repeatedly. He's a punk. He's like Capper Pick. He's a punk kid who doesn't get it. All the, 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 the accolades that he got that he didn't deserve. I mean, he could end up being the best quarterback of all time. I don't think so. But as of now, he's a clown. And a pimple on the ass of our fine, upstanding, good man, Derek Carr. Were you ever asked to throw a ball fifty six times
4: in a single game the way they just asked Derek Carr fifty six oh, yeah. times? I think
8: I got north of fifty six. I, I think I did it against Pittsburgh one time in on a Monday night game. I think we threw it a bunch. I did it I threw it north of fifty sometimes and against New England when I was in Minnesota. I mean yeah, and usually, you know, you don't win those games. Um I think mean, we beat we beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think throwing it fifty two or fifty three times, but you know, typically, you know, you, you don't you don't win when you throw at that and fifty six times for Derek Carr. I mean, look, this is a rookie quarterback. I mean, we're just asking him, you know, just asking for trouble. But, um, you know, they've it, 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 been talking all season about you know their their lack of balance. I mean, they don't they it don't they've not been able to lean on that running game. And, you know, when you you know, I'm surprised he was only sacked four times. That that's amazing to me. But I mean, the the thing about Carr is the ball is out quick. I mean, he—he—you he, know—rarely does he hold it. He, he comes out quick, and um, but you know, I'm surprised. You know, I give him some credit. You throw it 56 times, you don't throw an interception. Um, you know, look, I think the kid is is getting better. I really do. I, I you know, 18 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He's completing just just around percent of his passes. I mean, let's be honest. It's not like he's surrounded by a ton of talent. The running game <laughs>
4: and. Is his production? Do you think good enough, seductive enough to not look at another quarterback in the next draft?
8: Oh, uh, draft? oh, uh, yeah. Look, I'd make the argument right now that he's been the most productive rookie. I mean, the kid Bridgewater in, in Minnesota. I mean, they, they, you know, they still got the uh, the kid gloves on with him. I mean, they're they're trying to you know be very conservative, very careful. Um, you know, he's been okay but not great. I think Carr, I mean, honestly, I've talked to some people in the business and out of the business and people who have really watched this kid closely. I I think people are really excited about the future with Derek Carr. I I think he's he's clearly shown that he's got the the aptitude to to do all the things that you need him to do. I think he's shown the toughness to be able to sit in there and and get hit right in the face and, and not flinch, which was, you know, a knock on him coming out of college. Um, And I think he's shown he can be a very accurate passer. So I think there's there's a lot to like there.
1: There is one thing I have to say to the mainstream media. Keep following the losers. Because I'll tell you right now, Derek Carr deserves 10 times more media attention than this clown. But I'm glad he doesn't have it. I'm glad he doesn't have the stress or the pressure. Because I'll tell you what our quarterback, being picked where he got picked, blows the doors off Johnny Football all day long in every way personally and professionally and look at mainstream media. They are whores for this kind of crap. And well that's all I have to say about Johnny Mistake. (laughs) I love it. Sorry Browns. Another Browns pick, if you know what I mean.
6: I news, it feels, good used.
1: All right, Boy, without stating the obvious, the me. Oakland Raiders are absolutely in frickin' me turmoil.
5: And you.
1: You've heard her rant before about Mark Davis not standing up and grabbing his ball sack and saying something to the Raider fan. You've also heard me say it about Veggie McKenzie. Why doesn't he come out from behind the shroud, uh, you know, of the Wizard of Oz, and grant us some grandiose press conference that involves a projector and statistics and names and Even if it's all confusing, doesn't make any sense. At least we have some idea of the direction the team is headed. Some idea of whether we really want to buy tickets for next season or not. Uh, Some idea of what our team's going to look like. For crying out loud, we've been here for this whole losing uh, decade. And so far, that hasn't happened. Maybe on Black Monday, which is coming right up around the corner and all the coaches get fired, that's when he'll stick his sticky little fingers in the pool and see if he can pull somebody out of it. Well, I don't know. But what I do know, (laughs) that the mainstream media is grappling at straws. They're trying to make sense of the senseless and put together some kind of plan that is out of outer limits, actually. So the Gruden situation uh, is over. He's already signed with ESPN and given us the golden bird. Yes, Raider Nation, I love you, but I don't love you quite that much. The Harbaugh thing is an interesting possibility, and I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm not saying that it's great either because it's not just him. I mean, he's the guy, but the guys that he brings with him are a humongous component of success in this league. His assistants make a huge difference, and I think Papa said it earlier that he doesn't think that Harbaugh is the play caller, and I don't think so either.
9: Uh, anyway, here's what uh, Trent Dilfer said about the future of Jim Harbaugh. This is interesting. You hear this about NBA coaches. I don't think I've ever heard this about an NFL coach. Take a listen to what Trent said this morning.
7: i said this since day one. And I was the biggest advocate of Jim being hired in, uh, at San Francisco. I think he did a phenomenal job. Jim's a builder. Yeah. Jim was a builder at USD. He was a builder at Stanford. He was a great builder at San Francisco. There's nothing wrong with builders. They're great. They're awesome. You need them. Uh, and he needs to go somewhere and build a great program. So the big challenge will be can he finish that at next job? Because you can't argue this. You can't argue that the Niners are markably worse this year than they were last year.
10: And that they haven't developed. And yes, the injuries are part of it, but they've had a lot of players
7: that, especially the quarterback, that should be getting better, which would be a reflector, reflection of their coach. And unfortunately, they're not getting better; they're getting worse. All
11: right,
9: let's hit a few things on there. First of all, he says he's a builder. I've heard that about NBA coaches. Larry Brown's a builder, not a finisher. Although his Pistons did win a championship in '04. Uh, Mark Jackson, some would say that he got him to a certain level. Steve Kerr's bringing him to the next level. Phil Jackson is is a finisher. Uh, do you buy that, that, that Harbaugh's a builder but not maybe a finisher, although he was five yards away from winning a Super Bowl a couple of years ago?
0: Well, I think he's speaking specifically of Alex Smith and how he was able to uh, change the direction of his career, although I think Alex was heading that way anyway. But I do give uh, Jim and the staff, Jeep Christ and Greg Roman, everybody, a lot of credit for turning Alex around, and now look where he's at. Uh I don't know how much building he had to do with Andrew Luck. I mean, Andrew was young when he got him, but I watched every snap of Andrew's career at Stanford, and he was doing state-of-the-art stuff right away that was not being done in the NFL with the exception of a couple of players. So he is just a a savant. Uh, Kaepernick has slid the other way. So I'm listening to what uh, Trent is saying. He's a builder, but the foundation begins to sink <laughs> very shortly, and it's and he, what he's done with Kaepernick... Has just not worked. Now Kaepernick just may not be applying what he's doing. I, I, the question I have about Harbaugh is, what exactly does he do? What does he do? Is he a glorified quarterback coach? Uh, he does not call the plays. It seems like his input in the call in the play calling process is not going very, s- very smoothly. The quarterback still does it off a wristband, which means that basically Roman is saying play eighteen. He's saying play eighteen, and then play eighteen on the wristband. Is the play? So I don't know why that's all getting bogged down. But they they lead the league in delay of games and just frenzied offense. The Raiders on the road and the Niners overall. So yeah, we've said that about him. George Carl, I think was like that. Uh, I also think Harbaugh would be good with a veteran team. I'll be anxious to see where he goes and all this talk about trading him and he's going to decide where he's going to go. And to me, it has to be more than just my wife wants to live in the Bay Area and we're running out of teams to coach in the Bay Area if he comes to coach the Raiders. He's got to say, and he'll, he'll bow down to the altar of Al and the history, but he's got to believe he can win with this team. Papa said it. He doesn't
1: think that Hawbaugh is the play caller, and I don't think so either because he doesn't look like he is on the field. Not like some of the, the other coaches in the NFL Like the coach of the Saints, he's all over it. Uh, There's other couple coaches out there that, Tressman, which I'd like to see. I think, you know, here's a perfect time for me to segue into Mark Tressman, who is a great offensive coordinator for the Raiders. Didn't get a shot at a head coaching job, but went to the CFL and won a championship there. The Bears picked him up. That's why he's their head coach. I don't know if he's head coach material. I can't say. But I can say, he is a great offensive mind. Why don't we bring Tressman in here? He could help this kid Uh, a a great deal. There is a a lot of coaches that Reggie has to go through, and you just can't say, okay, uh, Sperano, you're in. We got all these guys, which wouldn't be horrific, even though I don't think Sperano is the guy. Some people do. I don't think he is. I think keeping... Uh, young car underneath the same offensive uh, coach would be good, and perhaps even Tarver would be good. So, as angry as we've gotten over the year of the lack of production of this team, the 2-14 Oakland Raiders, which I'm going to call, you know, I pointed at Olsen, I pointed at Tarver at times, but we need to look, of course, cooler heads must <laughs> must. Come out of this thing. We have to have a cool head because when it comes down to Carr, we don't want to screw him up, man. We don't need five other coaches to jack his kid around. Tony Sperano with the Oakland Raiders here on
4: 95 7 the game. One more for you here, Tony. There's always a delicate balance between protecting the investment of quarterback and, you know, and, and, and and developing him at the same yes. time. It, it's yes. a tough thing to do. Did you think about maybe sitting him in the fourth quarter, and why did you choose not to?
12: Well, I mean, you know. I'm glad, but, by
4: the way, I'm glad you didn't. I mean, I yeah. think you i think you play to learn how to play in this league.
12: Well, I, I think th- I think that that environment in Kansas City and that situation, you know, and, and the and the environment, you know, in Seattle. You know, I mean, some people can question, well, why didn't you take him out of the game in Seattle? You know, listen, that ended up being a one-score game, and yesterday wasn't going to be a one-score game at that point. But I always think that that there's value in in the thought of, you know, especially where we are right now. We're in week 14 of the season, you know, and I think there's value in every lesson that Derek Carr can learn right now. And, And anything that he can take from it. And what he took from it is, you know, he scored a touchdown in a two-minute drive. I mean, a field goal, rather, a two-minute drive at the end of the half. And he scored a touchdown in a two-minute drive at the end of the game. And, you know, I think that the more of those scenarios that you can put you know your young quarterback in the better off you're going to be down the road you know I, there's always you know the risk of injury and those type of things and you think about that a lot and you have to think about that with a lot of players you know but you know at the same time I mean these kids are competitors and they want to go out there and they want to play well and they want to go and try to score a touchdown too and and you know Derek is one of the biggest competitors that I've been around now I mean you know a couple weeks ago his, St. Louis, obviously, you know, we took him out of the game in that scenario. But, you know, I just had a feeling yesterday that, you know, it was a scenario where he could potentially, you know, knock the ball in the end zone here, and, uh, and that's what we did.
1: We need some consistency with him, and we hire another coach and a staff that need to be able to stay for a few years. Quite honestly, the team we have is weak, weak as far as players go talent is still lacking i mean we need wide receiver we need really a a tandem running back that we really don't have we need a real good solid tight end another guy we need offensive line help for sure we could shit can
6: khalif barnes you look what car what he did today this game didn't get too big for the young fella he took care of the ball. He scrambled. He made plays with his feet, pitching the ball out to running backs. He played this game well. Well enough to, you know, to, to try to generate points. Just didn't have the help the supporting cast. He can't do it all. That offensive line today, they got a game ball last week. I'm taking that game ball away this week cuz they didn't protect him. How bad oh, yeah.
5: was that line today, Bill?
6: Yeah, you know,
10: it was real bad. And see what happens with yeah well it happens with any quarterback if they're getting rushed the way he was getting rushed today is their eyes drop as soon as their eyes drop they're trying to hit five yard routes well what was he trying to do today it was five to ten yard routes Tops. He wasn't able to push the ball downfield, but a few times later in the football game. So to me, when they get the rush that they got today and the offensive line was a sieve, they're on roller skates. They were a sieve. It was brutal. The co- young quarterback's eyes had to drop. Because he had nowhere to go, and he had to get rid of it quick. So he had to go to the short routes. That really hurt him.
5: Both of you guys have mentioned Khalif Barnes. He had a bad game today. Every move Reggie McKenzie makes, you know Mark Davis is looking at it closely. It's almost ironic that only a few weeks back, Khalif Barnes just got a contract extension for another year. What has he proven this year to convince you, hey, this is the guy that deserves a contract extension? Oh, I, well, To me, I
6: don't. I, I look at this and I say this team is struggling. Cleve Barnes, yes, he a great veteran player, without a doubt. Great young, great, great person, great man. Played in this game for a while. He's a great, great relief.
10: Great, he's a he's a backup. He's and, a guy you can and, put in any spot in the offensive line, but he's not a starter in the NFL.
6: And I, and I think they understand that. So with that being said, but why are you putting this guy in a position to fail? Either it means you need to go out, you know, with this draft pick and say. I'm going to go get an offensive tackle that's going to protect my young rookie that I'm giving this money to, who's going to be the face of this face of this franchise. Or I'm going to go get another swing man that can play multiple positions that has that hasn't gotten beat. Because Khalif right now, guys, he's getting beat consistently. He's not a guy that can play a whole game. He, he you know, is a great guy to fill in. But you, right now, he's shown that his inability to block and protect the whole game is not good
10: right you now. Yeah, it makes you wonder about moves like getting rid of El Deere. What a move like that can do to set you back, because all of a sudden here you are in the draft, and we need a receiver badly, a big time receiver. We need a big time pass rusher, and we may have to go get a tackle. That that doesn't work for me, and so, that's where and that's Reggie, all on Reggie no McKenzie question. right there. Had
6: you letting Valdez go, now you see it's coming back. To, to, you know, to hunt this team. You had a pro bowl type caliber offensive lineman that knew the fundamentals of a game that was a leader, that a guy that you knew wasn't getting in trouble. He wanted to be a raider. He bled silver and black. You let him get away to the Arizona Cardinals. Look what he's doing there. This is something you can't continue to do as a GM. And I think that Reggie has made some good moves and every GM makes mistakes. But for three years you watch this team and this organization. It's continuing to decline. Instead of us ascend-
5: It's descending. But can't a guy like Reggie McKenzie say, wait a minute, we let Valdir go to Arizona, but look at Arizona. Their quarterbacks are falling like crazy out there. Palmer's done, Drew Stanton's getting crushed. It's not like the Arizona Cardinals offensive line has been spectacular this year.
10: Oh, they've been better than you think. <laughs> You've got to look at position by position. How did the left tackle do protecting? You know, because there are four other linemen there that have got to do their job. So... He's had a really good year talking with different scouts. Valdir has had one of his best years in the NFL. And so, Carson
6: Palmer, really quick, Carson Palmer got hurt moving in the pocket. No one hitting No one hit him. No one hit him. Mm.
1: There's a lot of positions that we need, but really when it comes down to it, I think Talents was lacking on this team. All right,
9: uh, overreactions. Uh, number one, the Raiders fall to a 2-12 with a loss in Kansas City. The over is uh, Shefty's right. This team needs a complete overhaul. Complete overhaul. Shefty's right. Is complete that what overhaul. you said
0: after they beat the Niners last week? That's not what I said. That's not what you said. It's a now business. Yeah, yeah. It's different. Which way the wind blowing? You're like Bud Seelig of talking If they us. beat the Niners, I like them. If they I get don't, smoked they not, by Kansas City, I don't. They do not need a complete overhaul. Last year's team needed a complete overhaul. I, I think they've, they found a left guard. I like the tight end. I like the quarterback. You got some. The youth. running back looks like a player. You get Rod Streeter back. I like a couple of pieces on defense. DJ's getting better. Oh, we did miss a tackle on Travis Kelsey yesterday, but last year's team needed a complete overhaul. This year's team does not. They need to draft again, draft solidly again, and sprinkle a few free agents. And no, I do not need. I do not think they need a complete overhaul. That um, was last year, decidedly last year. I would agree with year.
9: that. Uh, Buffalo uh, is going to be tough this weekend. They just beat the Packers and yeah. made Aaron Rodgers look human. And then they're the best front football.
0: Yeah, they look good. Yeah, they're yesterday. probably going to go two and fourteen. Yeah, two and fourteen is what it's going to look like. Buffalo's good. Yeah, they are good. But let's see what happens at Oakland. The Raiders are a completely different team yeah. at home versus on the road. Oh, you're right.
1: The coaches definitely didn't make use of the players in every game. You could see that. The play calling, (laughs) it was horrible. I mean, bad. So I don't know. Maybe the head coach, another head coach that comes in, will manage all these coaches. I I can't tell you. But I do know this. We have been lacking in talent, and the coaching has been suspect from day one. So Mark Davis has, (laughs) he's got a lot to think about. Now, is Veggie going to go? I doubt it. A lot of people saying he's on the hot seat. I did. I wanted his ass out last year. But I believe he will be picking this draft class. I do believe he'll be picking this next head coach. I do believe he's not going anywhere yet, at least for another year. That's my opinion.
5: Welcome back to Raiders Press Conference Live, the Silver and Black 2 and 12. Big question, what are they going to do during the offseason? Are they bringing back Reggie McKenzie? Are they going to keep Tony Sperano as the head coach? Well, here was a tweet from ESPN's Adam Schefter yesterday. He said, Oakland preparing for sweeping changes that involves its GM, Reggie McKenzie, according to league sources. Mark Davis getting ready to spend. Well, spending is not the issue. Mark Davis spent nearly $64 million last season in free agency. Also spent a lot of money with the rookies' signings. However, that tweet suggests that maybe Reggie McKenzie is not coming back as the GM. He could possibly stay as a member on that front office staff. But then again, maybe not at all. What did you take away from that tweet from Adam Schefter?
10: Well, I mean, when you use the word involves, you know, Mark could involve Reggie in his decision making or, you know, so, so, I, so you could read that a number of different ways. You could say, um, you, know, you know, basically this. Mark has given Reggie the keys to the kingdom. He knows where over the last couple of years where all the bodies are buried. So he knows every move, everything that's happened. so you almost need to involve the guy that you handed over the keys to and make sure that you're able to um, do things but do it and do it together. You know to me, you know Mark you don't want to have Mark just going out there and doing it by himself. Have someone there assist him have a football guy there to assist him and you know whether it be a a VP of operations a president whatever it be um, you know I haven't talked to mark about this but you know I I think you got to have a football operations guy you know that is overseas the general manager I don't think the general manager should be running the entire building that's me You know, Mark may have a a different opinion. So I think it's a vague tweet. I don't think we should look into it. I really don't, Henry. Um, You know, I, I think we got two games left. Mark's, I do know this about Mark. When he makes his decisions, he thinks them through. He doesn't just off the cuff say, boom, I'm just doing this. I don't believe that Mark Davis... Talked to Adam Schefter and just said, I'm going to do this, this, and this. No. I think he said, Well, we're going to sit down. I'm ready to spend a lot of money. Well, like you said, that could be on salaries of players, buying free agents, um, could be personnel. I don't think it's going to be, it could be, you know, a new head coach, new coaching staff. You know, there's a lot of things to spend money on over at the Oakland Raiders. I agree
5: with you. The tweet is vague. Yes. That said, I read Adam Schefter's story yesterday, and he went on to say that when Mark Davis is on the road, following the Raiders, of course, he's also talking to a lot of former Raiders as well as football masterminds outside of the Raiders' front office, which GM Reggie McKenzie are not a part of. So if you're going to do that, Have discussions about your franchise and do not include your general manager. Do you like that or is that
10: unusual? I like that a lot. And what that is, that is Mark Davis developing relationships around the league. It may be with the owners of the teams. Now, uh, you don't know who masterminds, what that really means. So for him to develop relationships around the league, where at one time it was Al Davis, it was his kingdom, and they were all his relationships. Well, guess what? You know, Mark, in a short period of time, you know, was handed over the keys to the kingdom. He then uh, gave... A big set of keys, handed them to Reggie, and now he's working it out himself. And Mark has his way of doing it. He's a smart guy. He knows what he wants to do. He knows he wants to bring a winner to uh, oh, ideally Oakland. I know he would love to keep the team there. He wants to get a stadium done for Raider Nation. Um, so he's got a lot of pieces to put together. So like I said, um, I don't look too far into it. I just know it's going to be done, but it's going to be done methodically.
5: This is a developing story. Obviously, there's a lot to transpire over the next couple of weeks. We promise to keep you updated. Always check in at CSNBay.com to get the latest on the silver and black.
1: Now, as far as the head coach goes, I don't care who you get, as long as he brings with him some credentials and some winning and the right attitude for this team. I mean, that is going to, a coach now, uh, you know, the past, the past 10 years we've had nothing for people to come into. So now a coach is going to look and say, well, is the general manager going to be there? Am I going to have any job security? That's one part of this has been always jacked up for the Raiders. But the other side of that coin is we have a great Beginning of a defense with CO Moore and Khalil Mack. We got young guys like CJ. We got young guys in there ready to get it done on the defense. We have an offense that's almost there. We have some games that were good, some games that were crap, but we have a lot to work with to build a team and go forward. How far down can you go from 2 and 14? You can't. You shouldn't. And it shouldn't be allowed to happen, so we should be able to glean some good coaches. Our next guest is the
13: best NFL insider from ESPN. He joins us Tuesdays at 730. It's the professor, John Clayton. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. Good morning, John. The thought
1: process is that the 49ers won't fire Jim Harbaugh early because they want to try and swing a trade in in an attempt to get some compensation for a highly sought after coach. How likely is it that Harbaugh leaves San Francisco via a trade?
14: Uh, it's possible, but I think that you know, as long as they're reasonable, and by reasonable, it's probably not going to be the type of choice that anybody's thinking of. You know, In these circumstances, back in the old days, back in the pre-new uh, CBA days, I mean, you're probably thinking a first and a third round pick. But what's happened now is that the draft choices have become so valuable, to give up anything in the first three rounds is very difficult, because you really need those guys to at least uh, you know, hit on and be able to try to build a franchise, because it's harder in free agency it's tougher against the cap and you know there's more value in these draft choices and so I'd have to think and this may sound strange probably the best they can do is going to be a fourth now obviously they're going to ask for maybe a first and a second and where I use a fourth I know that uh you know, Herm Edwards went from the Jets to Kansas City for a fourth that makes logic and that's under the old system but under the new system you know it's really difficult to give away first second and third round picks if you really go back to last this past year's trade deadline there was not a single player of the 20 five trades involving players that netted anything better than a fourth-round pick.
1: Across the Bay, the Raiders have been linked to Harbaugh as a natural fit for their coaching position, but if that wouldn't materialize, who are some other candidates Oakland could be pursuing?
14: Well, I, could, I think they could look at Rex Ryan. I mean, I think that, you know, that it's already passed now that John Gruden's not coming there. He signed the contract extension with ESPN last night, and so he's out of the mix, and I'm sure that Mark Davis was very much in on him, and I'm sure that Mark is going to be big game hunting But uh, as far as trying to get names. But, you know, Bill Cower's not going to do it. You know, and Harbaugh certainly, I think, in his mind, probably knows he can get the Raider job at a big price, and so, you know, he can take that with that in mind and then see if he is a free agent, then to see, okay, What's there in Miami? What's there in Atlanta? And what's there with the New York Jets? But uh, you know, after you start to get through the initial list, then you start talking about maybe more assistant coaches, and that's where the scary part is. Now, you brought up Mike Holmgren. You know, I'm sure that Mike Holmgren would be interested in helping out in the front office, but I don't think he'd be interested in coaching the Oakland Raiders. I think he would look more to a team like Sam, San Francisco. And you know that Holmgren's already had a couple conversations with Mark Davis, so there's interest there. But probably from Holmgren's standpoint not coaching the Oakland Raiders.
1: I don't want no coach from college. No more training coaches here in Oakland. We need a coach that already knows this job and doesn't have to go through, you know, a, a learning curve to get it right. You know, that's what happened with Allen's, what happened with Kiffin. Forget it. For freaking get it. We need an NFL coach who has all those things figured out and can get his nose up in there and get it done. He needs to lead this team to some championships, and for crying out loud, at least a winning season. We have the makings of a great team. This is going to be awesome. Our next
13: guest, a Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champ, also a uh, member of the Raider family, now an analyst with the NFL Network. You can follow him on Twitter, at Warren Sapp. Hey Warren, Raider fans, you know, pretty excited when they hear the owner and they hear rumors about you know sweeping changes and possibly spending money on a coach. Do you think Mark Davis will be willing to go out and pay the big money to bring in a guy like Harbaugh?
15: Listen, I was just talking to Dan Patrick just a couple of minutes ago. They talking about for a fourth round pick. I said it's a bubblegum gum wrapper unless you can find Tom Brady <laughs> with a <the> hundred ninety nine <laughs> pick. Uh, you got to be kidding me. We pay eight million dollars in uh, for two first-round picks and two seconds, I think, for Gruden. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, is he worth that? And then I come to hear they even ask for me, too. I say, hey, that, I, I love Gruden in my championship. He's worth it. <laughs> but the thing you have to do is get direction with your organization. And somebody like Harbaugh will definitely bring that to the regular, regular organization because that's the one thing that's been missing, is somebody with a direction and a and, and guidance to say, here's where we're going and this is how we're going to get there.
13: Hey, Warren, you know, John Gruden, you know, he re-signs with Monday Night Football for seven years. Do you think there's going to come a time when he'll get back into the coaching game?
15: I spoke to him this morning. I told him, I said, if you ever get back in, I want the D-line. He said, the CBA killed me. I'm not going back. (laughs) 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 You can't practice football anymore. I mean, the low knows this. I mean, we used to have those, those wins, get it right Wednesday practices when it was about the run defense and the run game. You can't do that anymore. I mean, and then Thursday was a beat down and a two minute drill where you, you know, you had to pass on and you still went at it in, in, in the middle drill and then you just took the, the top off and did the rest of the practice. But, you know, it was days where we really went at it. I mean, you, you have to practice football to to get it right and you can't do that anymore.
1: Warren, you were one of the vocal leaders in both Tampa Bay and Oakland. If you were playing for the Bears on Monday night in that disaster oh. of a game against oh, New Orleans... Don't do that
15: to me. Lo- <laughs> 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 don't do you- was already packed. Man, that's tough. What <laughs> that's would
1: you be tough. saying
4: you in
15: know, the locker room? So I was on a five-win team, a four-win team, a two-win team, and a four-win team out in Oakland. You know, I won 15 games in four years. So when you're talking about late in the year when it don't matter, listen... I mean, we went to Seattle. <laughs> this one, this one, I knew it was about time for me to hang up. We went to Seattle late in the year, and uh, Mike Holmgren was up there, and they was throwing it around. You know, I had me a couple sacks, and you know, up there doing the Michael Jackson, acting crazy. So I wake up the next morning and call my mom on the phone. I said, "Mom, I said know you seen your boy doing the Michael Jackson last night on Monday Night Football." She said, "What, boy? If I want to watch somebody get killed, I watch Law and Order." sacked nine times in the first half. I was like, my God, they made my mama turn off Monday night football. I said, it's about time for me to go home. I mean, it was rough. I mean, it's rough when it's the end of the year and you're playing for nothing and you know you're playing for nothing. And even more than that, your coach is about to be fired. I mean, come on. Come on, hey! Come on, <laughs> come on! They talking about your coach getting fired. He up in here trying to rally you. You looking at him like, "What you about to do?" You know I mean, wow. <laughs> come No, on, man, the guys go to look around like, "I got a two year deal. I'm I'm a starter." You know, they go they be evaluating themselves at that right. point because that's what it's about. It's about self preservation at that point.
6: No question. Hey, one,
15: you- anytime the, the, the take comes on, you got to be ready to play. Right. I, I genuinely agree with that now. I don't I don't care what's going on. I mean, if you don't want to listen to coach or whatever, but you better go play. Uh, that, that's just the rule. I mean, I remember when my last game in Oakland, I, I took the ball out of Phillip Rivers, and I've been trying to make that play for 13 years. <laughs> I, was, I was excited. <laughs> I was excited. Then my shoulder gave out of it. I was like, damn it, I can't finish this one. But, boy, <laughs> hey, man, I, I was going for broke. I'm, I'm going for it. I, I, I need this. <laughs> I, I want this. I mean, it's just it, it's just the, the fighting any man that, you know, you, you worked all week long, and it's showtime. Come on, let's play.
13: We're talking with Hall of Famer Warren Sapp. Warren. How much of a pay cut did you take when you went to Tampa Bay when you left the U?
15: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's, my, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs>
13: hey, Warren, better which is the better coaching job right now if you're looking at a team to go to, Oakland or San Francisco? Uh,
15: San Francisco. How so? There's pieces. I mean, you look at the receiving unit, the offensive line, the defense. I mean, there's pieces in place, but my heart is with the Raiders if they can get that thing fixed because there's nothing like the silver and black coming out to hails bells, and kicking butt. I mean, it's just nothing like it. I mean, but there's just a lot of things that need to be done, and I know Mr. Davis will do it. I mean, Mark Mark, Mark is like his old man. He, he believes in. You know, let's get this thing right, and I'm not—I have no question that he'll spend the money. You just got to find the right guy, and then they got to get the direction and go out and get it done.
13: What do you think Harbaugh's going to coach?
15: Oakland, if Mark's got anything to do with it. And in the NFL, yes. when there's a lot of smoke, that's fire. <laughs> that's a fire. I mean, I mean, they talking about this for a fourth round pick. Come on, man, that's a bubblegum wrapper for a coach like Harbaugh. I gotta give it up. But what,
13: what do you? What what are your thoughts when you look at the way the Niners' front office has left him, you know, kind of hanging?
15: It happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that the first one? I mean, we sit in the locker room and say, "I mean, look at it and read the headline." And be like, "Boy, it's a dirty game. Dirty game. No <laughs> Your time is coming. Grand, <laughs> Weeper, coming, uh, listen, Grand man, Weeper coming, baby. The Grand Weeper coming. Listen, I, 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 I was told when I, when free agency saw it when you get a call, one, you make a call here, and I'll make sure I'll call. You. We, we make an offer too. All right, I get a call from Cincinnati Bengals day one of free agency. They offered me four years, sixteen million dollar contract. I call up Group and I say, Yo coach, I said I got an offer this morning. He said, What? I said, You did tell me to call you in free. He said, It started this morning. I said, well, What do you expect me to sit on the market? Them, like 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 a little raggedy piece of beef. I mean come on I mean, <laughs> you told me to give you a call I'm giving you a call what's the offer I said four years 16 million I said you give me that there in my career in Tampa I won't even let Rosa House come in and beat you up for the 3-4 million that I'm sure he's gonna beat him up for Right. you know I mean we just do it right at that number and we'll be done alright I'll call you back in an hour
6: <laughs> <laughs> phone still still waiting by the phone
15: no, I jumped in the car 56 minutes later and drove down to the D- one buck and cleaned my locker out. I
8: knew I was <laughs> <laughs> it was my turn. It was my turn on the clock. <laughs> wow. I went
15: and cleaned my locker out. I wasn't a fool. I, I, I wasn't going to let them put mine in a trash bag. I went down with a nice little you know, Louis Vuitton bag and put myself in some dicey, you know, I would have care for my stuff,
3: Lowe. You know what they do to your stuff. No you question. Get, you know what they do. I wasn't going to let them do that to me. Uh-uh. I'm going
8: to Get my stuff and put it in a nice bag and take
15: it to the house and feel good about this. I'm not. I'm not finna be crying and get a garbage bag delivered to my house.
13: Uh-uh. No <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> Wow, Hall of Famer Warren Sapp. Warren, you're a beauty, <laughs> man. That was awesome. <laughs>
6: hey, Sapp, man. Hey, lo- love you, brother, man. Appreciate your time, man. I know you got so much on your busy schedule, man. Hey, the fans man, I'm out just here, out here
15: watching the Baby, that's all I do. Baby, watch the tape and talk about it.
6: No question, man. Well, be good, man. Be blessed. We'll talk to you soon. Hey,
15: man. Happy holidays, fellas. Y'all be good.
6: All right, you too. Thanks, Warren.
13: Hall of Famer Warren Sapp.
4: Welcome back to the Damon Bruce Show, and John Ritchie was a beloved Oakland Raider. He gave an awful lot to this team as his fullback for many a year, and uh, thought it would be a good time to catch up with him, see how he's doing, and see if he's still got an eye on the silver and black, and see if he has any idea what they might need to be up to next. John, first of all, thanks very much for your time this afternoon. How are you doing?
7: I'm great. I'm happy to be with you, and I do indeed still watch the Raiders, Uh, much to my chagrin. It's been but tough. I got to hang out with Tim Brown this past Sunday uh, as we watched the Raiders. We both thought the Raiders would win at Arrowhead, and that proved to be highly inaccurate. Now,
4: where do you and Tim Brown get together to watch football?
7: This was in New York. He was in New York for the uh, Heisman ceremony. Sure. And uh, every weekend I'm in New York to do the Fantasy Zone channel for DirecTV, and uh, he came on our show. I was going to ask you a little bit about that, because I know you're like this budding TV
4: star, and one of my questions was going to be, uh, during a broadcast, uh, has your forehead or nose ever split open and started bleeding all over the set? Uh,
7: No. Uh, Not that I'm aware of, although it it wouldn't take much. Uh, just, uh, Just a light touch, a light bat to the forehead, and that thing will open up. At a moment's notice. My kids have opened me up. Really? I, have, I have three kids. My three-year-old daughter has opened me up <laughs> uh, on several occasions. So, list of
4: people to open you up, like Ray Lewis, <laughs> uh, maybe like Steve Atwater. Is
7: that too going yeah. back
4: too far? And No, uh, no and, I'm
7: putting in Steve. Yeah,
4: and uh, and your three-year-old
7: daughter. Yep, yeah. She's brutal, but she's also very explosive, so that's good.
4: (laughs) Like you said, you still keep your eye very close on this team. You were just talking with Tim, and I'm sure that uh, while you and Tim were watching the game, you discussed the Raiders' future. Can you tell me what you think the the future holds for this team?
7: I wish I knew. Uh, It sounded like Tim uh, feels like the possibility does exist that the team's going to move. I you know he was a part of the team when they uh they were down in l a and in Oakland. I was only there uh, for the Oakland Raiders. I of course would prefer that they stay, but it sounds like that may not work. It sounds like uh the deal can't be reached in Oakland at this point in time unless something drastic happens. Uh, the deal can indeed be reached in San Antonio. And I'm not sure if the NFL will allow the deal to be done in L.A. Uh, you know, the word on the street is that they would allow that deal to be done if it were not a Davis-owned team, which is a shame, if you ask me. Uh, I, I have no idea. I try I try to stay out of the politics of it all, uh, and I, I'm just a huge fan when it comes to that sort of thing at this point. Um, I don't understand the half of it. Uh, I do wish they'd stay in Oakland, though. I think that that fan base deserves it.
4: I do, too, and I'm sure the vast majority of people listening to me right now are nodding their head in agreement with you. What do you think of Mark Davis? Did you get to know him at all while you were with the team? Because he seems to be very much uh, an enigma. He's kind of an unknown, even though he is the son of one of the most famous owners in the history of professional sports.
7: I didn't get to know him when I was there at all. And uh, when I did get to know him a little bit was a couple years ago when he invited a lot of the guys back to Las Vegas to celebrate his father's birthday posthumously. I got to meet him then. And I I tell you, when a guy, you know, pays your way back to Las Vegas and you get to hang out with your buddies that you played with for a few days, it tends to lead you to think, hey, this guy's pretty cool. You know, this guy's okay. I, I have a very positive uh, outlook on on Mark Davis because of that experience and I do think that his uh, open mindedness probably enables this team in some ways that it, it wouldn't have been able to go under his father.
4: Uh, can you give us an example uh, of what you mean by that? Uh, w- w- what is he more open minded about that maybe I wasn't?
7: Well, I don't think he expects Beck, I, I don't think he pretends to be an expert in, in some of the ways that, that Al uh, felt he knew the game. You know, I mean, Al was a coach and uh, believed that he knew what was best for the team at all times when it came to the X's and O's on the field. To the point where, you know, sometimes you'd have conflicting messages out there at practice on a Thursday where he was every Thursday coaching the guys up as they went onto the field and off the field. You know, Mark Davis isn't going to be doing that. Uh, Mark Davis is leaving that up to the experts that he hires. And I think that uh, in a way that's that's very positive.
4: Yeah, it's funny. Al Davis always came off as so matter-of-fact with everyone, but everyone wasn't a player. And right. if you talk to players, the Al Davis that they'll tell you about is much different than the image that we were sold as fans and consumers of right. the NFL. Can you give me an Al Davis story that might dispel yeah, sure. some of the
7: myths? Yeah, well, like well, uh, my very first game, Al Davis, uh, uh, Derek Thomas had seven sacks yes. on our left tackle. and So that game was course. at Arrowhead then? Yeah, this was an Arrowhead. I remember watching, son- I remember that game. Sunday night game, 1998. Uh, Pat Harlow was our left tackle, and apparently I was supposed to help him out. That uh, that was not <laughs> that was news to me after the game when Mr. Davis came into the locker room and said, "John, were you chipping with Pat? Were you helping Pat at all?" And I was my I was flabbergasted. My floor hit my jaw hit the floor. I'm thinking I'm going to get fired here. Uh, I didn't know I was supposed to be helping out here. I was, you know, checking my guy and releasing to my pass route. And uh, yeah. I think my look of confusion spurred Mr. Davis to say, hey, hold on a second, I'll take care of this. He went across the locker room to my running back coach and absolutely reamed him a new one. And uh, it was, I mean, everyone in the locker room stopped to listen to this uh, loud argument or a one-sided argument. Mr. Davis telling my running back coach how it was supposed to be came back over to me afterwards and said, John, I took care of it. We're all right now. Everything's good. Don't you worry about it. We'll be fine. Wow. And everybody- <laughs> it was, it was always, the, the players were always right. And if anything went wrong, it was on the coaching staff's shoulders, not the players' shoulders, which, you know, makes every, every player love the guy to death. Oh that's a great story. John yeah, Ritchie. You
4: bet. Hey, thanks very much, man. Great to All talk right. to you. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas.
7: All right, thank you, you too. Take care.
1: Now, the draft, the draft will be here before you know it. I'm talking about it now, before the year has changed. Should we draft offense? A lot of people saying we should draft wide receiver. We should draft running back. I think, personally, we have to go defense. We have to go defense big. We should go defense the majority of the call players and try to make up the offense a little more in free agency. We have the money. but The defense is where our meat is. The defense is where our youth is. And the defense is what we're going to need against the powerhouses in the AFC West. Face it, folks. We got to beat these mofos in the West before we go anywhere. So we got teams like Denver, San Diego, and now we we got Kansas City. I mean, those all those teams are very good offenses. I mean, they're all putting up points. We need to have a humongous, mean, nasty, old Raider style defense to defeat our division. We need an offense to get just enough points on the board, but we need a defense to crush the opposition. We need a crushing, dominant defense that will take us right to the top of the charts, folks. I know wide receiver's sexy. I know the running back is a sexy position. But we need defensive players. We need a defensive end. We need another defensive end. We need another monster linebacker. And we could use some help in the back too, some DBs. I mean, we're getting young talent to to produce we need to continue to feed that because we're losing. You know, we lost, we lost number 33. Tyvon Branch is out. Great talent. But that's what injuries do to your team. Does it to every team. And you never know when you're going to lose a player. I uh, was <laughs> surprised they haven't lost Cleve Barnes. <laughs> just kidding. In closing, let me just say this. The Oakland Raiders have a million decisions in front of them. There's so much going on in Oakland and nothing coming out. I mean, will they stay? Will they leave? I mean, there's a number one thing. Should I
16: stay or should I go?
1: As a coach, you're going to come to a team that's stationed in Oakland and find yourself in San Antonio? How you going to explain that to the wife and kids? <laughs> So Mark Davis has a big plate. He needs to start cleaning it up. He needs to start putting things together and putting them to bed so that there's stability in this organization. Because right now, I mean, not only would you come here, hell no, I wouldn't come here. Me the I wouldn't come here because there's no stable ground. You're in quicksand here. You don't know what's going on. You're going to take a coaching job and not have an idea where you're going to be, where you're going to work. Who's going to be working with you? Whether the GM's going to be here? Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. You know what? Mark better get it together and get it done. One way or another. Clarify to the league where you are. Make this organization more stable by being transparent. Because right now, we are the clowns behind the drape. I am... There's no doubt about it.
10: A great and powerful Oz. Yes,
1: the Wizard of Oz, hardly not.
10: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Wizard of, oh God. I won't try to manage things because I can't think. That's the trouble. I can't make up my mind. More <laughs> the case. <laughs> Pay no attention to that
16: man behind the curtain.
14: Close your eyes. And tap your heels together
1: three times. So let's hope that cooler heads prevail. Let's hope hope that Mark has good counsel and uh, gets it figured out because we're going to figure out something real soon here because Black Monday is right around the corner. And that is all I have to say about that. But we do have a bone line, <laughs> 1-800-620-7181, one 620 7181 You know, you guys have been faithful on this bone line. I appreciate your calls. You know, we do. And, uh, well, let's just get to the first call and go through this because <laughs> I can't wait for the draft. And our first caller, my very good friend, the tailgater the guy that has a permanent smile him and his lovely wife great people this is raider rob up in the house what's up rob
17: first of all raider greg it was great seeing you at the game last sunday i have to say man walking out of that stadium it was a good feeling brother to see you and like i said to you when we were walking out this show's going to have a little different tone this week than it did uh, last week, so you know, big win, and you know the thing about this game was that it was everything that it was cracked up to be man every all the hype man it was it, it was the drama, and you know we love drama, and we're glad to see that our boys came out on the other end with a very dominant win, especially in the second half, um, just shut them down our, our defense c o Moore was fired up i've never seen him so electric. And, you know, Khalil Mack, two sacks on Kaepernick. Dude, are you kidding me? You know, just, a, just everything that it was cracked up to be, man. So, you know, we, we, we deserve this win. Our guys have been working so hard this season and, you know, under some early on crappy conditions by a crappy coach. And I'm very impressed with Tony Sperano and what he's done. You know, it's been a hard-fought win. You know, he's gotten the KC win, and this was a huge one for us. So, you know, hats off to him and his staff, man. So really all I have to say this this podcast is that you know I'm just so thrilled um the win that we really wanted to get man you know the one it's the one we've been waiting all season for this game man and it it just it it was just awesome to watch you know it's probably the best live game of any sport that I've ever been to man i mean my i'm still recovering my voice man and it's thursday so um just great. And, you know, we're going to K C next this this coming Sunday and you know, we know what we can do there if we if we bring the game like we brought last time, then we're gonna come out ahead, man. You know, just just focused on, on the the task at hand, you know, offensive offensively, defensively, special teams all have to perform for four quarters in order to beat this team. And they do that, they're gonna do that. All right, brother man, so that's it from Rob Raider Rob Armstrong. I'm out. Go Raiders.
1: That was an epic day. The whole day was magic, bro. You know you were there. And then to leave the stadium with that feeling, the feeling that we haven't had in too frickin' long, it was nice to see everybody smiling, you know, in a great mood. And our Super Bowl, no doubt. And the Chiefs, well, whatever. That was a game that was a game. And uh, we could figure out that that's probably what was going to happen Anyway, thanks for the call, man. It's always good. It's good to see you at the tailgate, bro. One left. One more game. <laughs> I'll see you there, my man. And our next caller is Raider Zen. And he has a question.
18: Raider Nation, this is Raider Zen.
8: You know, real quick, I don't actually have a bone, I am more of a question. You know, when you've been a Raiders fan as long as I have, well, probably as long as all of we all we have, you know,
18: people will call you and tell you of the latest Raider News. I got a friend in my mind that told me that the move to L.A. is looking much better now and that it's going to come down to if the Chargers and the Raiders can share a stadium in L.A. So I'm asking my, my, my Raider Nation if they've heard anything about this, if this is true,
15: and I'm out.
1: You could fill up a garbage can with the articles that have, you know, Coliseum City. And then Raiders move to San Antonio. Raiders move to Alaska. I mean, all these things are conjured up by the news because there is no news. So they have to make up kind of news. Somebody said somebody said somebody. uh, And that's what this is. Yes, the Chargers have, I think, maybe 15, 18... Uh, Could be more percent of their fan base out of Los Angeles. It could be, you know, almost half uh, for all I know. But there's a great deal of Charger fan interest in L.A., believe it or not. Now, there's more Raider fans there, but that's their market, and it's been their market because that's where they play, not us. Now, the Rams seem to be making a move there. Seems to be a done deal. Uh... They got the land, they're ready to roll, and they're moving. There's supposed to be another team there. Well, you know what? I've heard that the Raiders aren't welcome there. I've heard that uh, the Chargers are going to make a run for it and that we're going to be odd man out. I've also heard that Mark Davis is making an extension on the contract for the Coliseum for the 2015 season. I'm pretty sure that's going to go down, because it has to go down pretty soon, and we got nowhere else to go right now. San Antonio might be the way to go. I'm hearing rumblings about that, but once again, how many times do we have to listen to this crap? Don't buy into it until it actually happens, because right now, (laughs) all these rumors are just meant to do what they do, get you all riled up. Listen, man. It ain't happening until it happens. And honestly, San Antonio would be my money. Uh, that's what I think they're going to do if they do anything at all. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller, my very good brother, Autumn Wind Williams. What's
19: up, man? What's up, Larry Greg? Hey, Randy. This is Autumn Wind Williams giving you a holler. Uh, You know, kicking back, watching the uh, Chiefs and the Raiders play. And we, we, get our ass smoked, but you know what? I'm, I'm still not even tripping off this game, man. My fucking season is gone. As far as the team, my satisfaction was last week. When we beat the 49ers at home, the crowd was electric. The players was electric. I even predicted the very last sack. I was, like, probably in the second roll of the black hole and I said wouldn't it be great if Kaepernick gets sacked one more time for the road guess what happened in like 13 seconds uh that pretty much satisfied my whole fucking season man I was loving it stopped by the uh Bad Boys of Barbecue Nation podcast area got to see you over there with the rest of the Raider fans that was great like went to like five different tailgates that day. Man, it was amazing. Everywhere. A lot of fans were pretty decent. They were, uh, what they say, cordial. <laughs> I didn't have any problems with them. And, you know, enjoyed seeing them burning up their Kaepernick T-shirts and their hats and everything. So that was great. So this fucking cheese game, it's not really irritating me that much because we already know what we got to clean up. Like, uh, Godfather Grizz from, uh, 66 Mot was saying, you're only good as your front office. And I believe that for sure. Front office is going to change up. The squad is going to change up next year. we are going to see a way more improved product. No more Reggie McKenzie, hopefully, not.
11: <laughs>
19: but that's another story, man. Um, anyway, I'm about to go fucking, uh, Get me some butt light. Watch the Seacock, as you normally say. Beat the uh, beat the whiners again, so they can burn up some more wardrobe. Man, I would love to see all these whining ass fans on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram making their little twelve second videos, burning up their Kaepernick jersey some more. But um, oh, one other thing. All these fucking Southern California, Northern California Raider fans stop beefing with each other, especially Southern California. Yeah, we're Raider fans, but we're Oakland Raider fans at this moment. And we're going to remain Oakland Raider fans in 2015. So you can have your little rally or whatever, but it's too fucking late for L.A., man. Wake the fuck up and get on the get on the same side as us. Support the Oakland Raiders getting a brand new stadium in Oakland, which you should have been done. If you wanted them in L.A., you should have tried to do that fucking rally the past three years. Wake the fuck up. Raider the fuck up. That
1: was a great contest and a great day, and it was nice to see the Seahawks. Drew <laughs> in the Niners season. <laughs> you got to love that. And take it easy on the LA fan, man. They're good dudes. They travel to Oakland every damn Sunday. Good people, man. All good people. I used to live there. Trust me, I know their Raider Nation is strong down there, brother. And every Chiefs game, we get a call from my good brother there in Kansas City, my good friend. Raider Dan from KC. What's up, brother?
20: Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Dan from KC. I'm going to start with the good. I've been debating this. The good. This is the first time me and my son, my 10-year-old son, went to a Raiders Chiefs game. He loved it. Yeah, we got our ass kicked. But he didn't care, he just said, all Raiders are awesome. Now for the bad. What the fuck was a 25-yard run and third and three, and they throw the fucking ball, they throw the ball almost 60 times against one of the fucking worst rush defenses in the league. Ray Greg, Ray Randy. I'm at the fucking game, sitting in the fucking end zone. They played a single high safety. There was holes everywhere. But nah, that bitch ass Olsen won or throw the fucking ball, but it don't matter right now. I enjoyed my time with my son. I actually enjoyed my time with some Chiefs fans. Some Chiefs fans. But let me talk about them fuck ass Chiefs fans. We getting our ass kicked. In the third quarter, they all got the fuck up and left. Great fans. That's why they're punk-ass Chiefs fans. Go Raiders. Fuck Spirano. I don't know what the fuck Tomber was calling out there. What the fuck was up with all them goddamn zone blitzes? Anyway, I'm calmed down. I had a great time with my family. Met some Raider fans. were were cool. Actually met some good cheese fans. Good family people. But fuck their fake-ass Chiefs, fan. Go Raiders. Bring in Jim Harbaugh. Somebody with some discipline. And I cost call some fucking games. I'm out.
1: Well, there you go, Raider Nation. There is a Raider fan. Goes to the KC game there in Kansas City and witnesses the weakness that is the KC fan. They are like withering lilies. They leave even when they win. I have never seen people leave the Coliseum where we're winning a game, ever. <laughs> Unless they left in an ambulance. That was the only way. <laughs> I love your call, man. You know what? We got a lot of issues, but one thing we do have is great fans. Thank you, brother. And next, another contributor to the show, Nebraska Raider, back in the house, What's going on, bro?
18: Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Nebraska Raider calling in, man. I'm uh, I just got done watching that, uh, watching that butt whooping down down there in Kansas City. I'm on the road right now, back to Omaha. But uh, I met up with Juan Jorge, De Mandito, and you know he, he he uh, him and his crew from Oakland, you know, I met up with them in the parking lot and you now we were just, you know, inviting Raiders fans over left and right and and I swear, uh, these chief, these Chiefs fans, man, they uh they just want to take pictures of Raiders fans left and right, man. I I'm telling you, I, I swear I I mean all of us all in all probably took at least a thousand pictures total. But uh not but Chiefs fans. But anyway man, I mean there wasn't too much to say about the game. I mean, Carr kinda looked you know like he was uh I want to say intimidated, but he, he he looked like he was second-guessing himself out there, like he wasn't getting the ball uh, out of his hands fast enough, and therefore he took a few sacks. And then, you know, just, just well you guys watch the game, I don't have to explain what happened. It uh, sucked ass, but I got to tell you, man, it's uh, the Midwest, man, the Midwest, and, you know, down in Texas, I met a few Raiders fans that came up from Texas. The Midwest shows up deep, man. I, I mean, you and uh, you and uh, uh, Randy, you both know that because I met you guys out here when when you guys came down. But uh, I mean, we show up deep. There was there was pepper all in that sea of red. So uh, anyway, um, I'm going to speed limit here, trying not to get pulled up by pulled over by any uh, chief Chiefs cops here. You know, they'll probably throw my ass in jail. But anyway, I just want to say, um, the game sucked. The experience was great. And uh, go Raiders and go Raider Nation, baby. we got two, two more games. Two more games and, uh, and then the offseason, which uh, will hold a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of chance. But I'm talking too long. Anyway, I just want to say, go Raiders, go Raider Nation. This is Nebraska Raider, and I'm
1: out. Well, there you have it. A great description from a fan about the game and how, you know, it doesn't have to be adversarial. Uh, there's a lot of cool Chiefs fans. I had a great time while I was there. And I know this. He is so true. <laughs> he is right about the Raiders coming in because they come in strong to any game right there at Arrowhead for the Raiders. Trust me, every time. I mean, people wait an entire season for that game, and they pack the house. The Raider Nation is huge in Kansas City and surrounding area. So, Very cool, man. It's good you got to see Juan Jorge, the bandito, my good brother, great fan. You know, he travels with a great bunch. And, well, you know it is, man. We know how to do it. That's why everybody envies us. Even though they hate us, they got to love what we're doing. (laughs) Thanks for the call. my brother. And our next caller, I love this guy, man. He's very smart, very cerebral. My good brother, the Tempest of Tampa, Raider Mike. What's going on, man?
18: Raider Greg, Raider Mike, Tampa, Florida. Give you a call, reference to uh, Kansas City. Another, we can't put together two games in a row, Kansas City versus Oakland. Uh, Again, I guess it comes down to coaching. Lack of preparation. I mean, they play like, you know, uh, Playoff contenders last week, and then this week they lay an egg. So it's, it definitely comes down to coaching. Um, I was trying to get Sperano a chance, but he got to go. I mean, he just—if he can't get these guys ready up for a uh, way game, then you know we, we we don't need that. I mean, and then Greg Olson has no type of adjustment that he can make in a game. You see Tom lead and. Adjusted Justin, Houston, blitzing from the outside all the time. And Khalif Barnes, who can't block with but you know what, needs help. I mean, in order to slow down the rush, number one is screens and draws, which they were doing against us. And we can't do the same. to Slow down the rush, give Carr some time to throw. Put Marcel Reese, you know, on some screens, you know, uh, use McFadden. At Murray on draws or, you know, sweep plays or something, slow down the rush. Get those guys to cover the backside out of the backfield so they won't be rushed up the middle so much or the skin, I should say. But uh, same thing, you know, lack of preparation. Uh, that comes down to coaching. So I don't know, Raider fans. I, I don't know what we're going to do, but we just got to get a, a good coach that knows how to prepare these guys. So when you get a chance, uh, you know, I just I like to hear your your comments, Ray, to Greg, about this. I'm sure I don't know if I'll get on the air, but lack of coaching. You know, the defense played as best as they could for a while, but they start getting tired. So um, the offense sucks. You know, Greg Olson does not have no he has no uh, game plan adjustment. You know, either I can see it. But, you know, hey, if you if these guys are blitzing all the time, or or, or they got a Good pass rush. Just kind of rush the screens and draws and slow them down. No good to stop doing that. But uh, anyway, uh, it is what it is. We're just, we're garbage. Can't win at home. They okay, can't win on the road, basically. So, you know, we'll have a Jekyll and Hyde team. Uh, it'll probably be a Super Bowl or a playoff contender. We'll see next week against Buffalo Watch. And then we'll probably lay an egg against Denver. End up 3 and 13. That's what it looks like right now. So, I don't know. We got a lot of decisions to make. I'm still, you know, the thing with Reggie, I don't know. Part of me says, give him another chance. Part of me says, get him out of there. So, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. But, as far as the rest of the coaches stand, they got to go. Special teams. And, you know, I mean, maybe Tarver. But everybody else, I'd probably clean house them So, but I think with a new coach, I don't think they'll keep talking. that right? anyway, thanks, Raider Greg, for all your hard work, and I look forward to see what else my brothers and sisters say about the game. But it's the same
21: old story, Raider Nation for life.
1: Well, there you go, Raider Mike is a smart, obviously smart guy. You know, we all saw it. You know, we we're sixteen games, <laughs> sixteen games. We've lost away. I mean. How do, we, how do we have these, these losing streaks to, to go so far? I mean, unbelievable. And so, also, <laughs> the run game. Why didn't we run on the worst run defense in the league? I don't know. I think you're right. I think it is coaching. I think it was absolutely grossly wrong. Not just a little tweak here and there. He didn't adjust. I think the play calling was grossly wrong. So that's why I say Sperano, forget him. And, you know, Veggie, I think they're going to keep Veggie just for, I don't know, stability. However they're going to call it, whatever they're going to say, I think he's going to stay. So let him do his thing. I hope he has a miracle season. But he better be a lot better picking a coach because right now uh, we look like clowns. And a lot of this is coaching. Some of it is talent, too, my friend. But a lot of it, like that game, that stunk. Bad coaching is what it was. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for the call, as always. Next, we have Johnny D, the Bluegrass Raider. What's going on, bro?
11: What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is Johnny D, the Bluegrass Raider. Finally, calling in again. Uh,
18: I've been I hadn't been calling in a while. I've had some personal things going on in my life, but I'm back. For this call, anyway, um, uh, I just want to touch base on a couple of things. Uh, I want to say thanks to Raider fans, the Nation, everything. The win against the Niners was great. Uh, it reignited my spark. I was, after being down on a tough year, I'm proud to be a Raider fan. Uh,
19: but um, the loss
18: against, this loss against the Chiefs, it was rough. I thought some of the play calling was very vanilla at times. But uh, my main my main thing for this call is I want to ask you something, Ray, to Greg. Uh, if you were in charge of the draft picks this year of who to draft, what specific positions would you go after? I just wanted to know your take on that. Me, personally, I don't have a course in that race, but uh, I just wanted to get your take on it, really, and to see what, what you think about going on in the offseason. Anyways. Raiders till I die, as always. Go Raiders.
1: Well, first, thanks for the call, my man. And as far as the draft goes, I think defense, I think uh, front seven somewhere. Defensive end, if we can get a really good one. Best player there I'd take, of course. But um, if there was a defensive player anywhere near there, I'd I'd take him. Uh, Even defensive back, as much as I hate to take those, uh, we're hurting all over. So I would love to get another – Uh, defensive end, or perhaps a linebacker. Uh, You know, we could go to the 3-4, even though I'd like to stay with the 4-3. It seems to be more the trend and something we should stick with since we've been doing it for so damn long. We should be experts. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the call, man. And another Raider fan, a good guy. I miss this guy, Raider Tatum from the Midwest. You know he made it to the show. What's up, brother?
22: Raider Greg, this is Raider Tatum from the Midwest. Just got back from Kansas City. As much as it hurt to see him lose, it was a win for me. I actually got to go there with my brother and his son. It was his first football game, first National League football game. And, uh, you know, typical Raider fashion. Just put up with a lot of sea red, a lot of heckling. But all in all, it was just a great time. I had the best time sitting there watching my nephew. That that counted more than anything else. Yes, they lost, but so what. And also the highlight was just to sit there and watch Charles Wilson. And and hearing people talk about him was cool. Just the respect that Chiefs fans of all people are giving him. The guy was all over the field. You know, he didn't have one of those, you know, stellar games. But he still made a difference on the field, and it was just enjoyable and able to share the stories with my nephew especially. Outside of that, uh, take care of yourself. As always, you do a great job. Best to the Raider Nation. Long live the Sabbath. Put Jack Tatum in the Hall of Fame. Thank you.
1: You know, I can totally visually, we could see it. You could see you looking at your nephew and having him scream all game long and go Raiders and, and have the same passion and drive that you have, man. It is an epic feeling. And I can't even tell you. You know, you've been describing it. The game, the fans. I mean, we lost, yes. But we don't lose as fans. And I think that's true here in Oakland as it is anywhere, even there in Kansas City. So it's great to know, and I'm telling you, if you're a Raider fan, you're anywhere and you can get your ass to any game. You best get on it, because there is nothing, and I mean nothing, like partying down with your brothers and sisters that you've never met in the Raider Nation. You will be blown away about how much fun you have. You'll be blown away, guaranteed. Thank you for the call, man. And yes, damn it, let's put Tatum in a hall of damn fame. I agree. And next we have the Raiders guy from East Lansing, Michigan. What is up, bro?
11: Hi, Raider Raider Greg. This is the Raiders guy of East Lansing. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast for many years when I was a college student at Michigan State. Uh, I've since moved to Kentucky for several years now. But I didn't call about the Chiefs. I didn't call about our season. I had a call to go off on a rant. So I was at the mall in Nashville, Tennessee on Sunday, Titans playing the Jets. And as I'm in the mall doing some Christmas shopping, some bitch-ass punks ended up just scraping off my Oakland Raiders decal that was on the back window of my car. I mean, can you believe that? You know, a bunch of bitches. I mean, first off, it's the Titans. You know, it's Nashville. You know, it's Titans country. There's really no beef between Raiders and Titans. It's not like it's in Chargers or Broncos or Chiefs or maybe even Seahawks country. It's Titans country. I mean, who does that? And so, I mean, I just couldn't really believe that somebody would, number one, do that in a shopping mall parking lot in Nashville where there's a tons of people around. But number two, do that to someone's property. I just couldn't believe that. So that's what I call the bone line to uh, bitch about.
1: Now, I don't know whether to take you seriously or not, but there's been far worse things done, bro, to cars that have represented, man. If you're wearing the skull and crossbones, baby, you're an open target. (laughs) And I bet you, uh, within the next show or two, someone's going to come out and say, oh, yeah, really? This is what happened to my freaking car. So count yourself lucky you lost a sticker. Shit. Put 10 more on there so that they can't rip them all off. That's the best thing I could tell you to do, brother. But one thing's for sure, don't get emotional because you got to love to be hated. And our next caller is a no-name Raider, but he's a Midwesterner headed home from the Kansas City Chief game. I like this call. Call back again let us know what your handle is, brother. But uh, check him out.
18: Raider Randy, Raider Craig, hope all is well, once again, always appreciate all the work you guys do to keep this thing together, and Raider Nation, love you guys, love every one of you Raiders, Raiderettes, y'all kick ass and you know it, I am on my drive back from Kansas City, with my head hung low, I haven't had time to look at all the stats, but, uh, i tell you what, man, just like I said last week, we won a game because the catchers caught the ball, and guess what? The catchers did not catch the ball very damn well this game. Well, I'm going to guess Garrick had 26 incompletes. He had some bad passes, okay? But you know what? Let me tell you the problem we had. I'm going to name it out. It's a team Team wins, a team loses. That's That being said, that's that. But I'm going to tell you the problem. Right in the front of the fucking game, right in the beginning, I thought, we are in fucking trouble, and our trouble was named was Khalif fucking Barnes. That fat ass couldn't stop shit. They might as well just had him sit out there in a fucking recliner. It probably would have been more effective—a uh, big recliner, you know, with the legs out and all that good shit. Man, the guy is just—you know—he's been problems uh, forever, offsides, offsides, and just running around. And my five-year-old could have ran around that guy. He's, he's a problem, man, and I know he's had some decent games, some okay games, but uh, we don't need okay for this team. We only get the best, and that's what we're going for. Uh, we got two games left, the Bills and the Broncos. Um, we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. Um, it's going to get exciting after that last game, I think. I hope. Mark Davis, uh, do something or sell the fucking team, okay? Do something or sell this fucking team. It's been... It's been too damn long. We're all fucking pissed off. I can barely fucking talk. I'm just sick of it, man. This is. It, I'm a Raider nation for life, but this this is not the Raiders I know. It's not the Raiders we know, and enough is fucking enough, all right? Get your head out of your damn ass and and, and sell the fucking team or do stuff. You got a choice. So, that being said, I uh, got to get off my uh, soapbox here because I'm a little pissed. Um, that's a game we could have took. The Chiefs didn't look that good, you know? didn't look any better than any other time, but uh, anyway, I'm Raider Nation for life in L.A., in Oakland, in San Antonio, in 10 bucks fucking two, whatever. All right, y'all, keep your heads up, man. It's going to be all right, damn it. 12 years. Fuck it. Here we go. Raider Nation for life. I'm
1: out. Khalif freaking Barnes. Who got an extension this year, by the way? <laughs> A freaking believable. Thanks for the call, man. Like I said, call back. Let us know who you be. Our next caller, the Rada Junkie, RJ, from East Whittier. Back in the hood, bro. What's up?
16: Rada Greg, Rada, Rada Randy. It's RJ from East Whittier, the Raider junkie calling in here on a Monday morning, trying to reflect on this loss yesterday, which was horrible, man, just horrible. No offense, as you saw, no running game. I don't know why we just didn't stay with the running game. Um, It seems like as soon as we fell behind, we decided to, you know, decided to go throw the ball fucking sixty times. I think we should have ran the ball more. I, I, you know, hey, he's not going to get a fucking break. You know, break one open every fucking carry, but you know, keep. Fucking pounding the rock. It's going to fucking break eventually. You might get two or three yards, but this guy was averaging over five yards a fucking run. I don't know what Olsen or uh, head coach Fonnells was thinking, but, man, he just got away from it. Gary Carr was not getting any kind of uh, protection. You could see him running out or getting antsy in the pocket. They were putting pressure on him all fucking game. I mean, we were in the game to the third, middle way to the third quarter. Well, all of a sudden, fucking within what? Five, six minutes, we gave 21 fucking points. Nah, this game just got away with us, killing ourselves with penalties. Fucking Khalif the fuck Barnes. Are you serious? We resigned this motherfucker. All of a sudden, he gets this money, and what? He got like four or five penalties? I don't even know how many, man. I, I lost track. It was just, it was just a. Poor offensive showing. I give my high up to the defense. They kept us up to the game, but they got gas, man. So Towards the end of the game, they were getting gas. They were, just, they, you could just see it. You could just see it. I just think uh, we just they come out and play sixty minutes of football. They're not. The offense didn't do anything to help the defense, and I'm putting the finger on the offense. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, that's all I could see. But uh, other than that, now you know what? We got a racist game. Let's go for next week at home. Our final game at home. Man, I wish I could go, and I won't be able to go, but, hey, all to Raider fans get go, man. Pump up our team list to get a victory in our last homestand before the season ends. I don't want to hear anything right now about Rage's job, the coaches. Just give me a fucking victory at home. Send the Raider fans home fucking happy, yelling out, Raiders! That's all I fucking want to hear, okay? Also, one more thing, Raider Rader, Raider Randy, I know you guys do a great fucking job, but there's some bloggers around that I don't really want to get into, but uh, there's one, my buddy, you Mikey Raider from Mikey Raider Central, he's taking a lot of heat for just his fucking opinion on Seymour, trash-talking after the game, after the you know, off-field activities. Please, guys, he has an opinion just like Raider Great, Raider, Raider me, we all have fucking assholes and elbows, we have an opinion. They'll be blogging on this guy, call him a fat bug. You know, his family out threatening him. It's just an opinion. He has a great show. You know, so easy on the guy, guys. Come on. we got other partners who are just great, too. You know, so, hey, let's, everybody has an opinion. We're Raider Nation. We're supposed to be family. We don't threaten each other. So um, let's get off that, and let's try to uh, end this season with two wins, and hopefully let's see what happens in the off season. Raider great. Raid, Raider Randy. Love you guys. Love Raider Nation. Peace, everybody. I'm out.
1: This game had everything written on it from the very beginning. The disaster was, you know, you could see when they started desperate passing. I mean, <laughs> I almost we, you know, I almost started laughing. You know, the season's over, bro. I mean, I hate to say that. I'd love to see us beat the Bills, but the Bills—they're on fire, man. They're a good football team, and uh, well, I guess on any Sunday. But as far as Raider Mikey goes, I don't know who's giving him shit. Uh, I get shit, too. Everybody does. But, you know, I don't think that's okay with me. Uh, the guy's putting his own time in, his own energy in to, to show you guys what's up, to share some stuff, to, to open up the Raider Nation. So, uh, yeah, give the guy a break because, hey, man, he don't have to do a show. And there's a lot of people that like it. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? Okay. That's what I mean. Thanks for the call, man. Our next caller is Raider Jim from Nashville, Tennessee. What's up, man?
21: Greg and Randy, it's uh, Raider Jim from the Nashville area. And i tell you, man, uh, they they play the Niners, and everybody just stands up, and they smack the Niners in the mouth. They kick the Yorks in the nuts, send them back across the bay with all their – stupid fans you know and it's just a terrific effort all around every everybody did everything right then they go into kc which was you know honestly i thought it was a winnable game and greg olson just brother took a big dump i don't know what he was thinking on this game plan because if you look at the stats murray average give or take five yards a carry why didn't you wear that out you know, they're, obviously they're able to run the ball, but he chooses to throw 50 times, give or take. You know, in cars, pretty much running for his life because some of the play calling, just as usual, it's, it's terrible. I kind of felt sorry for him, and it was the same, seemed like anyways to me, the same three or four pass routes, you know, all day long. But, uh, of course, at the end, uh, the laughter tuck, did that stupid elbow cross right in the quarterback's face. That kind of started the beginning of the end, I, I guess. But hell, maybe, they'll, maybe uh, Mark Davis will pull his head out of his last and get us somebody in here that can really just at least start to turn it around. It's, it's not going to be a one-year thing because there's – there's some house laying to do, obviously. And they're going to have to build through this draft and all that. But you know, I keep reading that Davis is going to clean house. So maybe he'll show up here and actually do it. Thanks again for all that you guys do. Man, I love the podcast every week. and Go Raiders.
1: Yeah, big changes. Let's hope we have some real big positive changes that are, are clear and not just pipe dreams. And, you know, no rookies and all that crap. We hope we have some good change and something to look forward to. Thank you for the call, brother. I appreciate the props as well. We love the show because we love the fans. Well, Raider Nation, I'm not going to be talking to y'all until after the holidays. So first, let me say, I wish all the very safest and sweetest of Christmases. I love the Raider Nation. You guys be good humans out there. Do not drink and drive. You know what I mean. Keep the partying in the house. And uh, I just wish all the very best for my Raider fans and family out there. For sure. Randy and I, we're all over it in this holiday season. Uh, like I said, we're going to be gone for a little while here after after this this one. We're not going to be back for the, the next show. Uh, we'll probably be... Here for the the after-the-season show. (laughs) Like after the Bronco game, we'll probably pull it on over and uh, take a good look at what's going down because something will happen in the next couple weeks. It has to. Black Monday's around the corner. Of course, you know the Raiders, usually the last to show up to the party. So we'll see about these decisions. I sure as hell hope that Mark has been thinking about this and planning it all year long and didn't just start last week. I am Raider Greg. God bless you all, and I am out.